0: Lord, just thank you so much for another beautiful day. And just ask your guidance and blessing on our service today. May each of us be encouraged and uh, just to refocus if we need to on you and the things of you and what's most important in life. Just uh, love you and look forward to spending this time with other believers in worshiping you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week was a full week for me. There's just a lot of stuff going on. It's been a lot of stuff going on this spring. I think like I mentioned last time I was up here. I'm starting a new vineyard, so it's just added. Normal farming is normally busy in the spring. and Anytime you add something new, project it makes it even busier. So Sunday, you know, Monday morning comes, and I knew Monday morning I was busy. A bunch of different stuff, and then I even added a little kind of a personal project of putting a little cement patio in front of my garage, which then added another thing, and so. And I woke up in in Monday, and I could feel like my body even getting kind of sick. I'm like, you know what? I just can't. I don't have time to get sick. And I kind of felt it all day. Not too bad. and every kind of just thing. And then Tuesday morning, I was, I didn't feel, actually I felt good. My physical body could tell, like my body had just kicked And I was like, ah, thank you, Lord. But I was just like, I'm like, this is is Tuesday, and I'm already wore out. Like Sunday was a day ago, and I just was feeling overwhelmed. But it just so happened that, in my reading, just normal ordinary and I readings of the Bible of the year was in First in Kings in the story of Elijah. And Elijah is, is definitely one of those guys, for me, is one of my heroes, in that he's very uh, human. He did some amazing stuff, he's very human. So the, the story, the part of the story that that really just encouraged me was first Kings 19, is right after uh, he had defeated the well, obviously the gods have defeated the prophets of Baal. That all happens. And then picks up, Ahab tells Jezebel about it. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of, of them by this time tomorrow, a.k.a. she's going to kill him. Uh, then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water, and he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. And that just kind of really encouraged me. Like He was at a, he had a crazy high, high peak, and it was in, earlier in the story too, I believe, like the time I write, a captain, Elijah, same guy, Captain Ahab sends a captain with 50 guys to him. And they say, yo, you got to go to the king. And he says, well, if I'm a man of God, fire come down. Boom. 50 50 soldiers just get smoked. Happens two times. The last captain gets smart. So it's like Elijah's not unfamiliar with being protected divinely. Yet his humanness comes in here and he's down. Really just kind of like overwhelmed. Like I was going, obviously I didn't do the things Elijah did, and my life is quite normal. But I guess it just encouraged me as God met him where he was at, and he slept, he gave him food, there was, there was no condemnation there, God was there, and, and strengthened him, and even further, later on, he even strengthened him more, and he gets to see part of God and really get strengthened through that. And so It also reminded me, in Psalms 103, it says, you know, he knows our frame. And he knows that we were made out of dust. God made us. He knows how we're built. He knows what stresses us out. And I just, I took a lot of encouragement out of this week and had the rest of my week. A lot of stuff got done. Stuff that, you know, needed to get done. And so, just, uh, I guess that's just encouraging encouraging to you. That story blessed me and helped that someone else uh, got some encouragement out of that as well. So I'll pray and invite the worship team up. Time. Lord, just thank you so much. And we just uh, ask your blessing on this worship time. May we uh, come with uh, free hearts and joyful hearts and sing praise to you as, as we're led. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Can you hear me now? Good morning. It's good to be here again this morning. <clears throat> um, it has been kind of a busy week in different ways for different people. Uh, maybe Clyde, not for you so much. Uh, he uh, did laps in that hospital, like you wouldn't believe. He likes to walk in there. It was good. We got to go in and see him. Um, it's amazing to me. It's interesting. I, I told my wife. I said, "I'm no longer. I no longer am in. I'm no longer surprised when I see God work. Rather, I have uh, uh, come to the conclusion that I just stand back and and be in awe of what God does." Because three things that happened this week that were, well, Clyde's was planned, but Nolan, um, trying to cut his thumb off, and uh, Caleb dropping something on his foot. And uh, God is still good. And even talking to Caleb, I was able to bring him home from the hospital on Friday. And even talking to him, he says, you know, I don't understand, God, but I do know that everything happens for a purpose. And so he said, whether it's the young man that Tamara was sharing about that is going to find the Lord through this, hey, if that's what happens, then it was worth it. We don't like it. We don't understand it, but it was worth it. Um, So, trying to figure out where to go next, and I'm gonna I'm going to talk through the books of First, Second, Third John. So we're gonna start in First John this morning. The first chapter is where we're going to be. And uh, so, if you want to turn there, now, same author that wrote the book of John, just a little bit later in life. And so there are a lot of references back to. The book of John that we'll be talking about this morning. This is, uh, the Apostle John is someone that walked with Jesus when he was here, and so some of these that we read, you know that all of Scripture is the inspired Word of God, but this, certain parts of Scripture are actually eyewitness accounts, in a sense, of when Jesus was walking here, and it's really interesting to read. So we're going to read through First uh, John chapter 1, it's only 10 verses this morning. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. As these thi- and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, thank you for... The word again this morning. Now, Lord, I pray that as we look into it, Lord, you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive what you have for us today. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So this is written by the Apostle John who walked and talked and interacted with Jesus when he was here. And so he's in the first little section here. He's talking about establishing who they are and what they were doing and that we were here when Jesus was here. John 1, 1, if we go back to the apostle or the book of John it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god now as John's writing again here in 1 John he's talking about these things which we have heard and we have seen with our eyes we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. He's talking about having been here with Jesus, having seen Jesus, having talked to Jesus, having touched Jesus when he was here. John, again, back to John, which I'll be going there frequently this morning. John chapter 1 and verse 14. That says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth again establishing Jesus was here he was here we're talking about Jesus we're talking about God that was here in the flesh and we were witnesses of that if you go to second peter second peter chapter 1 and verse 16 It says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They saw the things that were happening. Today, we can't see Jesus. We don't physically see him. We can still talk to him, and apparently we still get texts from God (laughs) to talk to him. But we can talk to him. We can share with him. We can commune with him. We don't get to be with him physically or that we can see. But we can feel his presence here. And we can feel his presence in things that we do. We can feel his presence in experiences that we go through. And in just some of the things that happened this week, I know that God's presence was felt. John 1, 4 says, In him was life. And the life was the light of men, again, establishing who Jesus is. Jesus is life. He is the light, and we're going to get into that just a little bit more. One more in the book of John 11 and verse 25. That says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. As you go down in First uh, um, John just a little bit, it starts talking about um, that which we have seen. This is in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. Now it talks about having fellowship. They're, sh- they're sharing what they have seen. They're sharing what they have heard. We declare to you so you may have fellowship with us. How can we, how can we as people fellowship with one another? Because there's a lot of times that we uh, we don't agree on a lot of things. But yet we can fellowship with one another. There's sometimes people that we just can't really stand to be with. But yet if we have Christ in common we can fellowship with one another. And I was just had written a few notes. I had to write sideways because I ran out of room. Um, three principles of true Christian fellowship. And one of them is, our fellowship is grounded in the testimony of God's word. Our, t- our fellowship is grounded in the testimony of God's word. If we are trying to build our common ground on whatever might be going on around us, we would have commonalities with some people and not so much common with other people. But if our fellowship is founded and grounded in the testimony of God's word, we have something in common. The next one is our fellowship is mutual, mutual depending on the unity of believers. God calls us to be in unity together. Not focusing on the things that are different, but yet also not ignoring the things that we don't believe the same. I talked a few weeks ago about the five fundamental things that we believe. And if we believe those five things, there can be a a myriad of different things that we don't agree on. But if we have established those five things, then we should be able to work together in unity. We should be able to establish Christian fellowship. And the only way this happens, the third thing, is it's renewed daily through the Holy Spirit. The only way that we can really have fellowship with one another, true fellowship, is to, to daily ask, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me in what you want me to do today. I'm reading a book right now that's talking about establishing friends, friendships. And it says the guy had some couples over. They had just moved to a new town, and he had some couples over, and they're visiting around the Kitchen table and they've known each other for a little bit, and and pretty soon it gets really awkward. And he asked them this question. He says, But will you be my friend? And the first couple he did this to was like, Well, you know, that's kind of weird, but whatever, yeah, of course, we'll be your friend. He did it again to somebody else, and it's awkward. It's a simple question, but will you be my friend? And the guy that was there started crying. Because nobody had ever asked him if he would be his friend. It's a simple, it's such a simple thing. But yet, friendship takes time to establish. And if it's grounded in the principles of God's word, it's going to make it easier. But it takes time to establish friendship. Do we take the time to nurture and feed and encourage friendship? I want to read from Acts chapter 4, uh, 13 through 22. So Peter and John have just done some healing that the leaders didn't really like, and so they're kind of going to jump into the middle of this. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They realized that they had been with Jesus, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside, out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name." So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. The first thing that I like that it says is they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Now, that puts everybody in the same spot. You don't have to be educated or trained or special schooling to be able to share the word of God with people, to be able to share the gospel with people. It takes no special education. These people had just healed somebody, and they didn't know what to do with it because everybody in Jerusalem knew what had happened, and they're afraid that if they take any kind of action against them, they're going to have a riot on their hands. <clears throat> Nobody's going to like that. So they thought, maybe we can just tell them quietly, you know, you better not do this. We're going to threaten them a little bit. And I really like their answer. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Are we, am I sharing the things that I have seen and heard? We saw an angel working this week when Caleb was not hurt any worse or the other young man was not hurt any worse than he was. Do we share of the things? We can only share what we have seen and heard. But do we do it? Or do we just move on and say, oh, well, great, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Which we need to. But do we go even further and share, hey, did you hear what happened? Did you hear what God did this week? And there's a lot of things throughout our week that we just kind of overlook and think that, well, that was just uh, a lucky break. No, don't go there. Because I don't think there's a coincidence. Last week, I'm just going to share this briefly. Last week I was sharing, and I had the song that I wanted to play at the end. Originally, there was supposed to be a song sang by a couple of young ladies. And then one of them wasn't feeling well, so that didn't work. So I didn't want to play two songs. And then I got here, and Ray was going to have a song played, and I thought, well, that's okay. I'll just read some of the lyrics and not play it. Well, Ray couldn't remember the name of his song. And so he said, well, just forget it. I got too much time already, anyways. And then there was no internet last week. And so then a young man said, hey, well, we can do a hotspot off my phone. And so I'm going back and forth. Yep, we're going to do it. Nope, we're not going to do it. Yep, I'm going to read. Nope, we're now going to. I ended up being able to play it. But it's interesting to me, there's no coincidence. I don't think there's any coincidences. God works things out the way that he wants them to work out. Can we share the things that we have seen and heard? Are we sharing the things that we have seen and heard? Look around in your life. There are lots of things that you have seen and that you have heard of how God has worked in your life. There's lots of them. Look for them. I'm going to go back to John chapter 15. Verses 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. There's a lot of times that I don't feel like my joy is full. How do we live with our joy full? It doesn't always mean that everything is going well. It doesn't always mean that everything works out the way that we think it does. It's a mindset on how we see God working. It's a mindset on how we're going to live our life. What are we going to do with things that don't go how we think they should? We're still going to thank him for them? Or are we going to blame him for them? What does it mean that your joy may be full? One of the ways that we can live full of joy is understanding and knowing that our sins are forgiven and we're actively pursuing the will of God. That can bring joy. We know that our sins are forgiven. We know that. We know this is true. We believe this. And sometimes we need a reminder every day that this is true. Another thing is the joy of living with Jesus daily will keep us level-headed no matter how high or low our circumstances. The joy of living, we get to live with Jesus daily. Do we take advantage of that? Do we use that? Do we realize, do we recognize that we get to live with him on a daily basis? He's always there. He's always listening. He's always desiring communication with us. Let's try to keep our focus where it should be so that we can live with joy. Because I think we can. I'm not saying all every day is a joyful day. But when we realize that regardless of the things happening around us, we can still have the joy of the Lord. The joy, as the Bible said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can can count on that, that it will be our strength. Verse 5 in 1 John chapter 1 This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we go back to uh, John, the book of John, chapter 8 and verse 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There are so many references to God being the light and to walking in the light and not wanting to walk in the darkness. And the light exposes the things of the darkness. There's a lot of verses that cover that. John uh, chapter 12, verses 35 and 36 Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. There were Part of the reason I was reading some of the commentary about this, and part of the reason that this was being written, that that John was writing this right here, is that some of the religious leaders of that day, or the teachers of that day, denied that sin broke fellowship with God. And they also denied that they had a sinful nature. And it's just interesting, because uh, John is pointing out, hey, walk in the light while you have the light. God is the light, and there's no darkness in him at all. And then it says, if we say, there's three different times that it asks a question, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You can't do both. We can try to do both. We can try to want to walk in the light, but yet we still have, last week I was asking what parts or what areas of your life have you not completely given to God? Because if you're going to give everything to God, then the light that God is, is going to uh, um, expose everything in our life that needs to work on worked on. And that's not really very fun. It can be painful, it can be hard, but it needs to be done. It's the right thing to do. Jesus tells us multiple times in Scripture that he is the light. Have we got that figured out yet? Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what the Scripture is saying? God is light. And we want to live in the light. We don't want to live in the darkness. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we can continue to hold on to certain areas of our life and not allow Christ to have complete control. That's like trying to live in the light but keeping the door shut on one area of your life so it can be dark. And God wants all of your life. He wants all of you. He wants everything. He wants everything to be exposed to the light. Bringing things into the light is hard. We know it's the right thing to do, but it is still difficult. We know it's right, but it's so difficult to do. Another thing that the <clears throat> teachers of that day thought is that they denied that their conduct involved any sin at all, which is basically saying that uh, one of the fundamental things that we believe in the condition of man did not apply to them, and it applies to everybody, because everybody has sinned. I was studying throughout the week and I have my notebook laying on my desk and a pen conveniently laying right beside it so that I can jot down anything that I want to. And then, um, Hatley was back there this week, and he found my notebook. So he wrote, he apparently was reading some of my notes, and so he wrote, I will do the right thing. And then he proceeded to tell me, Dad, you need to share this when you're preaching. (laughs) Okay. It took up a lot of room <laughs> to do that. <laughs> first Peter chapter one. Verses 17 through 19. Sorry, it's not first Peter. It's second. No? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here. In fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct <clears throat> received by tra- tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You were redeemed. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. We have not been bought with corruptible things. We have not been purchased with something that's going to go away. We have been bought and purchased by the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not going away. He's not going away. He's here, and he's here yesterday, and he's here today, and he's going to be here tomorrow. That's what we were redeemed with, his precious blood. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through... His blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. If we go on in 1 John 1, it says, verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can't claim to have no sin, This is what I believe the religious leaders of the day were trying to do. Well, that doesn't really apply to us because we are up here and everybody else is down here. And that didn't always go over very well, and it still doesn't go over well today. We all have sinned. Nobody is exempt from it. Nobody gets out of that. We all need a Redeemer Proverbs 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Nobody can say that. The only person that can say that is Jesus. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. I kind of see a pattern here in First John chapter 1 of what's ha- happening. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And, a word is not, and his word is not in us. It seems like the pattern here is trying to cover up sin rather than confessing it. The Bible talks about confessing your sin. You don't have to keep confessing everything over and over and over and over again. That's not really what it's about. The idea is that God wants us to be real. He wants us to be truthful. He wants us to be honest with Him. And I don't know why, I don't know sometimes why I think that um, I can get by without being honest to him because he knows everything already anyways. So if we think we're hiding something from him by trying to cover up our sin, you're not, and I'm not. We can't. We can hide it from other people. We're pretty good at doing that. Actually, we're ge- we blame near experts at doing that, I would say. But we're not hiding it from God. not hiding anything from God. If you want to live with, with with so your joy that may be full, you can't have joy if you're trying to cover. Feel like you're trying to cover something up. You can't have joy if you're always looking over your shoulder, afraid somebody's going to catch what's going on. But if we would realize that we can look over a shoulder, we can try to hide. We can try to do everything, but God still knows everything that's going on. I don't know. For sometimes I don't know why I have such a hard time picking that up he knows everything that's going on. We can't hide it. Let's not cover up our sin. Let's confess it and move on. The kind of confession, this kind of confession is not offered to gain God's acceptance, but to remove the barriers to fellowship that our sin has put between us and him. It talks a lot about (laughs) Light and darkness, and they can't be in the same place. God and sin, they don't go together. And if we're trying to cover up, if we're trying to look like we're walking the light, but we're really living in darkness, that's going to put a barrier between our communication with God. And the confession that we're talking about, we're not trying to gain God's approval because God is crazy in love with you. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care where you've been or how you've acted. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so the confession that we're talking about is not to gain his approval. You have his approval. He loves you regardless. He loves you unconditionally. What we're trying to do is we're trying to tear down that barrier that keeps us from a right relationship with Him. That's what we're trying to do. I'm going to end <clears throat> with Psalm 51, some verses from there. Verses 1 through 11. If you want to stand up with me while we read this, Psalm 51, 1 through 11, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. "'Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, "'that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. "'Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. "'Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. "'Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. "'Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. "'Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice.'" Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Let's live in the light. Let's live in the light and then let's go and tell people the things that we have heard and we have seen. Father, thank you so much for your love this morning. I just pray that you would give us your boldness to share the things that we've heard and seen. Lord, to give you the glory, to point people to you. That's why some of these things happen, is to point people to you. And I pray that you would help us to use that, take advantage of it, Lord, only for your glory. Bless everyone that's here. Guide our week. Give us opportunity, Lord, to share your love with people. We thank you so much for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. If you want to turn and shake somebody's hand, you then can be dismissed.